Welcome to Shit We Do For Love, the podcast where we delve deep into the gap between our human need for love and connection and our secret belief that we're not really good enough to be loved. This gap has us forever trapped in people-pleasing, procrastination and perfection and all sorts of nonsense as we try to measure up and be the person we've been told is worthy of love, all the while missing the truth about how amazing we already are. I'm your host, the Love Your Bloody Self coach, Wendy Windle. Fancy having boundaries that get back time for you? Then head to wendywindle.com to pick up your free guide, because never having time for ourselves is just some more shit we do for love. Hello, love. Have you ever wondered what your life, business, and relationships would look like if you accepted what felt good and said a flat no to things that don't? Well, meet Christina Torres. She is here to bring out your big deal energy. I met Christina on a writing retreat in Florence and I was just immediately struck by her and her bold refusal to fit in. So who better to talk to about the shit we do for love, trying to blend in and fit in to be accepted. Christina has a totally different take on self-acceptance and her take on people pleasing will floor you. Love. Please enjoy finding your big deal energy. As usual, we might get sweary. That's because personally, I don't know how to be a big deal without it. Please enjoy. Christina Torres, welcome to Shit We Do For Love. Shit We Do For Love is the podcast where we talk about all of these things that we don't realize that we're secretly doing in order to gain acceptance and love in society because it wasn't explained to us that way. But if we peel back those onion layers, we realize we do a lot of things because we are trying to be loved, to be accepted, to be allowed into the pack. And what the shit we do for love I wanted to talk to you about today is blending in. And the reason when I thought about blending in, blending in, who's an expert on not blending in? It's Christina Torres. Because we met, loves, we met on a writing course in Florence because we're bougie and frankly could write it off as a business expense. And we (laughs) were a bunch of us in the room, right? There's a bunch of us in the room and we're all taking ourselves a little bit too seriously. We're all trying to suss out, you know, what should I say? Who should I be engaging in social anxiety behavior? And in walks Christina with this story of having the best time ever with her Airbnb host or something in a bar the night before. I'm like, who is this woman who was blown in here as if she's on a club 1830s holiday, having the best time of her life and being right. more real and more authentic than anybody else in the room. One, I want to go and sit with her. But two, how does she do that? How are you not? Why didn't you get the blend in memo? Um, I think because I already knew in my mind I wasn't going to. <laughs> like, I wasn't like, I knew it to the gate. Like We don't have the time nor the energy. It also was like a crazy heat wave, which I was like, I couldn't fake another me if I tried it was it was lab. 42 degrees celsius in the shade that it was weekend. so hot it was and I already from that moment on like I looked at the itinerary I think this is just me I think I learned really early on and I want to thank my mother for this because she's instilled that in me like no's no like my daughter doesn't have to hug you she doesn't have want to hug you if she says no, she doesn't want to eat something. She doesn't have, want to eat it. Like she's a great eater. She'll eat anything. If she says she doesn't want to have something, it's because she's tried it and she doesn't like it. Her no is no. Like my mom was really adamant about that. Um, and I think as I got older, maybe I went from that to people pleaser just because it made sense in maybe my workplaces. But I also was really good at maybe influencing the people who could say no to say no. Like, good idea so when we showed up to the trip and I saw like all these things on the agenda I was like nah not doing that walking tour no Italy has trains I'm gonna take the train to the beach next (laughs) (laughs) I'm not doing these things but the things I am gonna push myself to do I'm a little bit I think I'm an ambivert 
or just an extroverted introvert. I think once I find like my groove, like once I read the room, I'm like, okay, I can be an extrovert or I'm going to decide that I'm going to observe instead of participate. Um, and yeah, I think I learned, I learned really early on. I don't think I probably make up like 5% of Laura Belgrade's audience which are people like who her who are New Yorkers mm-hmm. or who are outspoken or who, who like her are very like, nah, I don't want to do that. I just want to sit on the couch. <laughs> just, and or like like and are loud and like the other people want to kind of emulate her rebellious style. Right. And that makes up a large part of her group where I'm just like, oh, I feel you, even though I'm not a middle-aged white woman, you are me so much. <laughs> and it's more background. And I just came in there. I knew I was going to be the only 30-something Puerto Rican, actually 20-something Puerto Rican from New York there. And I was like, well, this is where we got. This is who we're going to be. And I met so many people who were kind of like, actually, yeah, like you, I don't want to do these things that they have signed up for. Maybe I'll just go with you somewhere. I'm like, yeah, come with me. I met Diana Mayer. I met so many amazing people actually on that trip. Um even the person who helped her run it, like she somehow got into my sphere. Uh, I don't do it intentionally. I think as I learned about myself more, it's kind of, um, uh, it's my, it's, it's like my no filter. <laughs> it's done, it's done me well. It's done me well. I'll well, say that. I love sometimes that you can trace that. And sometimes I don't. I love that you can trace that back to your mother. Like that's. Yeah fascinating and amazing as as you were saying you know my daughter doesn't have to hug you she doesn't want to I was having trauma flashbacks to all of the dinner parties that my parents would have and then bring my brother and I down into the room to braid us you know like little trophies and then we would have to go around the room and kiss everyone like drunk strangers and you know it it was just a polite kiss on the cheek right 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 right. kiss uncle Kevin and auntie Fran they're not really my uncle so I don't know who these people are you know but it was just like are they be polite with these people you know but I think when you've had that kind of childhood of it's it's fit in time now it's do as you're told time now it's really hard to shop that or shrug that off so it's Mm -hmm. oh gosh claps to your mom what an amazing mother to just give you that permission to say no yeah she loves a good no (laughs) <laughs> she will go to family things she's just you know what I think she's before this became a thing she's just been a true advocate of protecting her energy and her peace and I don't think she got a lot of it mm-hmm. as um a child so as an adult like it was very important for her to protect her energy and her peace um and she instilled that in me very early on so uh, and it was really helpful because I think I could have very easily, there's parts of my personality that are very people pleasing, but there are also parts of me that I like, <laughs> my mom is still in my body somewhere. I was like, no, she won't be doing that because <laughs> mm. she doesn't want to. So I'm grateful for all the, for all the trauma she may have caused. She has also given me a lot of, uh, helpful tools and yeah, and that it's Okay. Like it, it's okay. It's okay to say no. It's okay it's to not, say no. We're not. We're not gonna play this. Uh, I don't want to play this role today. I don't want to do it. I'm gonna protect my energy. Um, and in other times, I've I've also been able to listen to that and be like, is it no or are you like scared? Because which one is it? Ooh, that's right? so important to recognize. Is it no, is it or, no am I or are you just like? not like is this good comfort is this like yeah we need to keep safe and it's okay being us or is it like I don't belong in this room or I don't like which what are you feeling right now um and I think that I that also maybe is what a lot of people are seeing is a lot of seeing of me really coaching myself to believe that I belong in these spaces and these rooms um because there's not a lot of people who look at sound think like me and I guess from the outside looking in it can seem like everybody has like maybe these same experiences and they do but also like you said you're like oh everyone was trying to conform and I don't see it that way I see it like everyone in the room is exactly the you know 
exactly for what it's worth. And I think also being a neurodivergent, you're always constantly trying to observe how people move. So you can be like, oh, this is the, the human I'm going to mimic today <laughs> because you're not sure if you're humaning, right? Like, am I humaning? Okay. Am yeah. I, am I humaning know? right for this group or, or am I yeah. stepping out too much? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Am I, am I just the right amount of much <laughs> or not too much, or should I just be a lot or until I get comfortable, then if I get comfortable, my too muchness is it's all over the place. But, um, yeah, I'm glad it comes off that way. Is it, you, it, it comes off that. as a very positive and empowered sovereign choice that you were making. So I'm glad the heat pushed you <laughs> to that place that weekend. But but let's talk a bit about that, like going into rooms like that as a woman in business, as a woman of color in business, like I, you know, listeners, just in case you don't know, I am very white. I have a British Irish background, like they don't come much whiter than me, but I'm intimidated by the whiteness of women in business, by the, mm-hmm. the pastel and beige website and the long blonde hair with what I call those, like, you know, the Instagram curls that, you know, they look so natural, but we know they took like two hours to do. And I don't have that kind of time, you know, like the Botox right. face is like, it just seems to be a certain look and a certain way of talking that we're being told we need to be in order to be a woman in business and be successful. And if you don't fit that, and I don't fit it and I'm white, like, what's that like walking into that room? (laughs) Either consciously or unconsciously. Actually, let me not say that because my home looks like it could possibly be that. And I think my home aesthetic or what I need to feel comfortable, I think the color is me, right? Like I make the room that sounds really ew. I make the room whatever I want to make the room feel. Um, no, I think I also consciously did that in my business. Like I like color. Mm-hmm. Um, the only neutral I probably like is black. <laughs> <laughs> On me, like if if I'm presenting as me, like how I dress, how I maybe, um, you know, my home vibes are a little different. There's colors in places, but I do need it really neutral just to think and feel safe um sometimes I can't always be riled up yeah (laughs) like looking into as a privilege of looking into Christina's home right now and it is it's very like high-end homes and gardens is very neutral it's very calming to the eye but your website and how you present in person is all of the colors which is stunning it's It's so different I love the colors I love the 90s um loved everything about it um And I just wanted to, I just really wanted to be so different. And I just, I had, I think I had evidence and it could be because I'm from New York. I had evidence that things can be um, counterculture and still very successful. Actually, maybe more successful because they're counterculture. Where I can understand where people may live in places where that's not the case. You have no proof that Mm -hmm. that's like a thing. I think, especially when you come, um, when you're a woman and you're a woman of color and then you come from certain cultures, you can see how easily we influence like pop culture and what is like hot and what's not. That Mm -hmm. I felt a little bit like, before someone robs this of me, (laughs) I'm gonna go, I'm going to do it because I will be so devastated and so upset if I see a brand that has no inkling tie or any real interest in my culture or my audience or whatever it is. And I don't do it. And I go the pastel route and Mm -hmm. I see someone else do it. I'm going to be so (laughs) mad. And I'm just going to be fuming and I'm just going to like be more, be more cynical than I already am. So I know that sounds crazy because I'm very bubbly, but I am pretty cynical. So I was just like, no, I'm going to grab it. This is mine. I'm going to get it. And people who are doing it, maybe I'll find them. I think that's really what it was. I wanted to find my people. So maybe I just needed to be this beacon. And it it worked (laughs) because I wasn't finding them. It definitely wasn't finding them in the copywriting space. That's practically all white male. Um, When I first started realizing what copywriting was, uh, that's what I do for the people on the podcast. Um, and <laughs> that was even crazier because they were like, 
there's a lot happening here. Christina's like tough, but actually really soft and empathetic and her copy. And we, she's doing all the things and we're like, well, what's your, who did you learn to do that from? I'm like, that's just how I talk. So um, yeah, it was just a real, maybe a beacon to find the people who weren't wearing um, the ripped jeans and the big hat. Because uh, I can just see this person you're talking about. <laughs> she has the ringlet. She has like beach hair. And she's mm-hmm. got that big camel hat. <laughs> she's like. The jeans are perfectly ripped. Her husband's jeans are perfectly ripped. You know, she's always being photographed um, inside her own house, which is insane. Like, yes, we know her. And so few women are actually her just naturally. And yet this message of, but this is who you need to be. This is the perfect woman. Now go emulate that. And I love to hear you say one that you would have kicked yourself if you had had to witness somebody basically faking being you without really being you and then making that work. But I find too that message of we're told we need to be a certain way. And of course, we're talking about it through the through the prism right now of being women in business. But I think this applies to women in all walks of life where like I even remember for a while um, my partner had kids and I would go and pick up his kids from school. There was a uniform for the moms. You know, I did not fit in. You know, it wasn't my fault. I was about 20 years younger than them all as well. Sorry. But um, you know, like, I would come from work in like in workout gear. And there were all of these like incredibly turned out gorgeous 40 year old women. But they all I was like, where do you buy this outfit that you're all wearing the same outfit? It's like we're being told time and time again in this circle. This is the uniform in this circle. This is the uniform. And yet I really resonate with what you're saying about you don't find your people by wearing the uniform. Yeah, you don't. I I consciously don't look like a mom. (laughs) Whatever that means. And I know what you're saying there too, right? I think also, again, um, maybe it depends the town you live in. Actually here, I never really saw it so much when I lived um, in like the city. I live now in a beach suburb of New York and you're either dressed like you're about to go do yoga constantly um, and like do a Reiki session or I know that look (laughs) or you're dressed like Ralph Lauren or you're dressed like um, a teenager and I'm the one who leans a little bit more towards the teenager because they tend to wear more colors. And the 90s is back in again. Yeah. Um, the 90s, early 2000s is back in. I was like, I've been wearing those clothes. Those clothes are never going to go out of style for me. I have the same MTV shirt from like 20 years ago that you guys are buying at Primark. <laughs> you have the original. Um, <laughs> I have so many. I'm also like, when it comes to clothes, I'm like, you never know when that's going to come back in style. And I kick myself so much for so many clothes that I've gotten rid of. Um. Because I was a little chubby then, and now I'm chubby again. And I'm like, I could have worn those clothes. <laughs> Dang it. Why did I do that? Never do that. Um, so, yeah, I just made it a point that I wanted to be, um, I wanted to be comfortable. I like, I'm a freelancer. Everyone has, like, I'm just so different from mm. the people who are in my community right now, um, at least my physical community, that, um, you know, Maybe I try to stand out or, or be different, but I try to let who I am as a person, like my kindness and my willingness to help to kind of be like, oh, all right, she's okay. <laughs> she's just a little quirky. Um, and I don't know what she does. I've always wanted that though. I've always wanted to like show up, picking up my son at school, looking like I don't belong here. And they're like, what does she do for a living? Like, what does she do? I've always wanted that. And I think that's because I saw people like that growing up where I grew up, where there were, there were poor creatives, there were rich creatives, um, that like, you would see that mom and she just looked like Erica Badu. And you were like, what does she do for a living? She's so fly. And she's so, um, at ease with herself and and everyone is like gravitating to towards her but you can tell there's boundaries I just want to be whoever that person is and how can I be that um and I use I guess my clothes and my lipstick to sometimes express that and sometimes I don't 
my love. I hope you are nodding along with Christina as she basically writes us a permission slip to be ourselves, no matter what that self is. If you want to be yourself, you're going to have to have strong boundaries. There's just not, no other way to do it because of all the messaging and images we get bombarded with about who we're supposed to be. Standing up to that is a practice and the core of that practice is boundaries. But how do you get boundaries without being a dick to everyone? Well, I have a free guide for you. Five ways to build boundaries that get back time for you. Go to wendywindle.com, wendywindle.com to claim your free copy. Now, back to Christina, because we're about in, to get into this big deal energy. Talk to me yeah. about big deal energy. What is this? Where did this come from? Yeah, so I was working with the amazing um, Hillary Weiss. She is a kind of creative director and positioning coach. Um, and it came up in conversation. And I think it's a little bit of what we're talking about here that people do, even if they're boring, they think they're boring. Clearly someone doesn't think they're boring because they wouldn't be in business um, or they wouldn't be on social or they, you're not boring anyway that you have this unique energy and vibe that really draws people to you right and it could be and yes it's, it's embedded in your product it's in it's embedded in your personality it's embedded the way you communicate um but something is people are really gravitating towards this the problem is i think as the person who's either embodying it or not it's like too close to home. You don't know what it is. Like, what is it that makes people like, why do people like working with me? And I think it's really hard to be impressed with yourself, I think is the other flip side of that coin. It's like, I'm not impressed by me, but every time I work with someone, I'm like, you're so smart and amazing. How did you know to do these things? Why did you pick this thing? Like, this is amazing. And then I have worked with people who are very clear about like why I'm a big deal. Um, and I'm like, I need to, I need to bottle up why you're so clear. And it's because they're experts. It's because they have a, they have a stand. Not only is are they trying to sell something, they, they have a, a, a stake in the sand. They're trying to like say, no, this is the way. Um, they're usually very protect, like really protectful. That's not a word. Protective. <laughs> I'm a writer. I swear. Protective. <laughs> of the people who buy from them. They want to make sure they're not falling into the hands of scammy and weird things. They want to make sure they're not doing scammy and weird things. They can be organic. They can be themselves. Um, they have a unique way of delivering not only their messaging, but their product that makes people super obsessed with them. And I think everybody kind of has that. And if we leverage those things and we maybe systemize those things um, and we made it every part of your um your messaging, even down to your customer experience, that we can like embody this this big deal energy. Like you don't need to be, um, I don't know, what's like huge right now. You don't need to be Glossier, even though I think they're going through something right now, to be the best, <laughs> <laughs> to be the best known um, anything. You just need to be the big deal. You just need to be big deal to those few people who you oh, really want. I love this. So for. big deal energy is standing in that sovereignty of knowing. And I'm I'm actually having trouble forming those words. Being able to say, I'm a big deal. Yeah, I'm a big deal. Oh, that feels like going that... against every training I was given as a girl in the world. How dare I say, I'm a big deal. Right. It is really hard um, to be like, yeah, no, I'm a big deal. And that's very easy for me to say. I think in some aspects of my life that I'm like, it's standards. I think it's standards, honestly. It's the standard in which you want to serve people. It's the standard in which you would love to live, right? They're non-negotiables for you and your clients um, or your customers. There are this is how we do things. This is why we do it this way, right? It's not diva. It's 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 boundaries and it's um, clear communication and it's. I mean, I, I think it's hard 
I think business in general, and then just like creating content and showing up, some little part of you has to think you're a big deal. Because why would you put yourself in that predicament? You would just go get a job. Yes. Or you would just go get a job and get be paid whatever they feel like. Yeah, like yeah. Tell, you me, would tell me my hourly rate because I don't know what it is for myself. Exactly. Tell me, tell me where you are, tell me where you want me to go, when to show up, how much I get paid. Um, and I'm not saying that you can't do those things and still be a big deal, right? But there'd maybe be no growth, or you would always maybe underplay your skills, or you would get um underemployed, right? You would maybe contribute to some of that stuff. That's not the same as someone who's like trying to like grow within a company. They can have yes. big deal energy too. I think it's just, why would you pick this path if like not even like some inkling of you didn't think they were a big deal? Yes. And I feel like that is the, the spiritual crux really of either, because I do think both paths are of course, in, in fact, let's talk about all paths. There's the path of being an entrepreneur, which we have chosen of like, you know, I can't be managed. So I'm going to attempt to manage myself and start my own business. You know, then there's the people who are drawn to company culture and love to be a part of that perfectly valid as well. But like you say, you're in the danger there of being dictated to where to go, who you are, what you're worth, unless you're willing to do the spiritual growth of stepping up into your own big deal energy. And then we have all those beautiful women who choose to not enter the workforce or can't enter the workforce because they're raising the next generation of people. But I think even, especially even in that, there has to be big deal energy. Otherwise, I mean, we end up with moms just completely burnt out, right? Just being yeah. dictated to. Because for millennia, that role has been seen as unworthy. Get to the back of the queue. You're only there for your child, which is not fair and not right. And like, you know, moms, right, right. moms are the most important people on the planet. So, so yes, step up into big, big deal energy there as well. Yeah. And I think, I think once I've embraced that as a message, it kind of crept or it was already crept into my life. Mm -hmm. Um, I had to take a big, pretty long hiatus. I would say it's pretty long because I decided, oh yes, I'm going to do this full time. And then the world and then the universe laughed at me. Um, and it was like, yeah, but also like maybe you have to do these other things, uh, like to have a mental breakdown and deal with some family members getting sick and ill. Um, and I was like, okay. So I think for me, what it put into perspective was like, even those those things are happening, that doesn't change the fact just because I've had to, what I called quiet quit my business for a second there. That doesn't mean... I'm not a big deal anymore. It doesn't mean that I'm not an expert anymore. It doesn't mean that I'm not worthy of being paid for my expertise or not worthy of asking for help or not worthy of um, where I live. Like just because, you know, just because things have gone awry, then it must mean that I don't deserve these things that are in my life anymore. Um, it's just a bump in the road. I think for me, it was like going from okay, Christina, we're playing small and we've been an order taker and we've been too busy worrying about make, how do we make sure everyone else feels like a big deal? <laughs> and literally that's my job is to write copy. So people think that people are, you know, legit, we're a big deal. I can trust you. You can buy for me. Like, how can we do that for us? And we need to, we need to embody that. And like you said, some of it is very like spiritual. I'm not a big journaler or like, I'm not a woo person and now I'm like maybe I should be um but I think once I realized like no I don't care what I'm doing in my life I can't make less than six figures I don't care what I'm doing in my life I can't not live in this apartment I don't care what I'm doing in my life I, I am going to go get my skincare situated <laughs> like I don't care I don't care if I have to drive uber eats or write copy these are the things that I'm going to make sure are constants in my life um and I think, like you said, you're told like, oh, you know, you just have to do these things as a mother, as a woman. Um, recently, we got like a hospital bill. It had nothing to do with me um, because it was for my son. My son's under his father's insurance. And he was like, yeah, just just call them and tell them. I said, I think I have enough admin on my plate. Why don't you give them a call? Your name is on it. Thank you for coming. And I've never done that before. Like I'd have been like, oh, okay. <laughs> I never, never would have been like, 
oh yeah okay yeah no I'll just call them I was like why don't you I have enough admin to do I why don't you call that yeah them. my mom my admin my- hours are complete for this week so a lot of my insurance and it says your name I'm not even your wife why would I do more admin on top of the admin that I do every day that I'm not paid for so here you go here's some free work for you to do today and good luck with that yeah because like, that's like- what parenting is basically free work <laughs> I love to hear you talking about and thank you for sharing that you hit a bump in the road because I think too often and this is what I mean by spirituality for me the shift from a material world into a spiritual world is when we're willing to let go of what appears to be on the outside so you can go through those moments of wow I've had to step away from my business I'm in a caring role right now my family like I might not be pulling in the numbers that I promised myself I would but Mm -hmm. I'm going to detach from what the outside world is showing me right now and stand in the truth of my own big deal energy. That's the come to Jesus moment. That's the wake up for me, you know, and for me, it goes into business. And that's why for me, business has been such a spiritual awakening arena. Never thought it would be thought, you know, I'm just going to help a few people out, but you're right. You have to come to that point where you're like, I don't have the clients yet. I don't have the money yet. I haven't figured out my messaging yet. I don't really know what I'm doing, but I'm going to choose to stand in this sovereign energy of, I know I have something to give and I know it's incredibly worthwhile. And I know I was put here to help people. Let's go. Yeah. It's, it's a huge perspective shift. Even saying that, like, I don't know those things. I don't know the things. If you stand in your big deal, you can be like, well, that's not true. We maybe have 17 notebooks full of ideas or a bunch of Google Docs and stuff. And you know what a big deal person would do? They would organize that so that it's very easy to go find those things. (laughs) A big deal person would have things organized, would have systems, would have processes, would not cheat their business like a hobby. And I had to, that was a, that was a uh, thing I had to talk to myself about. Because I think when I was working, when copywriting was a side hustle, a very lucrative side hustle, A, I had the the option that when things went sideways, I could just not take clients, right? I have a job that is going to pay me and probably pay me to have time off if I need it. So that's neither here nor there. But also... um, and, th- and things were very organized for me. Like, that's why this corporation or wherever I work is able to function and, and be this big deal over me because they do have things in place that I don't have as that. And I had to realize when I went full time that I was in some way, although I was launching and doing the emailing and being consistent in so many places, that it still felt like a really fun thing. To, like it was just like a hobby thing I was doing. And then my adult big deal things happened around it. it didn't happen like in it. And then once I went on my hiatus and I realized, oh, if I'm literally not holding up things, it doesn't run without me like at all. If not following up on emails, if I'm not looking at like if things are not just happening, I literally didn't even tell anybody, I just kind of like disappeared. Um, told a few people I was working with, but otherwise I was just like, just don't send people my way. Um, it took from coming out of it to be like, yeah, we're really not that organized. Like I had to come back to my desk and I was like, I don't even know what the first step to do is because I was too busy, whatever, in this rut or like whatever, just going through the motions. Someone who's a big deal, you have those days, but you should like, you'd be able to come back to it or you'd be able to like stand in your knowing that I do know, or I will figure it out. Or maybe I have to go through this mess to figure things out, but that I'm big deal enough that I'm going to figure these things out. And maybe that means getting organized here or doing this a different way or learning how to manage myself. Because um, I was really good at managing others, it seemed. I was horrible at managing myself. Mm. Really good at managing projects, really good at managing people. Um, <laughs> I was just horrible <laughs> managing myself. Why do frankly. you think that is? Um... I think it's a lot easier, although I'm really good at telling other people now and what they should be doing. I think it's really hard. Like I'm even a rebel with myself. If I tell myself to do something, I'm like, no. I'm like, why do you say no? <laughs> <laughs> you have to do it. It's for you. <laughs> no, I don't want to do that. Like, you're so annoying. I annoy myself. Um, part of that 
is uh, my ADHD a little bit. I learned late in life and so many things opened up for me and my mother once we found out. They were like, oh, you're not a pain in the ass or a rebel. You just have ADHD. And you you thought that you don't want to listen to me. You can't. Um, so anyway, I think that's part of it. Um, but it's it is easier to outside. I don't know. Don't you find that it's easier to maybe manipulate the outside and it's really hard to manipulate the inside? You oh, know, I because guess. we we can lie to ourselves until the cows right. come home. We have all the excuses. We have all the, oh, but we'll do that tomorrow's. Like, yeah, having self-discipline, <laughs> I think, you know, but also finding the balance within that because I don't work well with the kind of discipline of like, I'm going to wake up at 5 a.m. and hit the yoga mat and then I'm going to have a cold shower and then I'm going to write for an hour before I start my day. That's not the kind of discipline that I've tried. And I just got really angry at myself and then finally just went, you know what? I'm not a man. You know, <laughs> like I work in cycles. I work in, in moments. I, like great. I get waves of creativity. How can I be disciplined enough to listen to myself, to harness what's here right now? And yeah. like we, like you were saying earlier, having the discipline to sit with yourself when you say no and go, okay, baby girl. <laughs> <laughs> are you are you just scared are you just scared? yeah like let's deal with your fear so that you can sit down and write today or you know how can we make making that big scary phone call more comfortable for you today because it's gonna happen but yeah. we're gonna we're not going to force you into do it in a way that's because I know myself as well I'm a big rebel as well like have that energy of just like don't make me I don't want to so yeah, I've had to learn yeah. how to negotiate with myself like I'm a toddler, but, but it works. <laughs> right. And rebels are so tied to identity, right? Mm -hmm. So like, if I say I'm a big deal, well, what do big deal people do, Christina? They definitely don't sit on their couch and watch Outlander. <laughs> After you've already seen it four times. Um, or sometimes they do. Sometimes they do. And that's the thing of or being aware they? of those days. Like, is it is it the day that we do that? Is that the day? I find a much more useful question for myself is not what are you going to do today, Wendy? It's who are you going to be? Who are you going to mm -hmm. be? How are you going to show up for yourself? And someday showing up for myself is I'm just going to binge whatever crappy reality dating TV is on Netflix right. today and drink a bottle of Prosecco and eat all the biscuits in the house because that's where I'm at today. But if I let myself do that, <laughs> there are times of the month that's where I'm at. If I right, let exactly. myself do that today, that's not who I want to be 30 right. days of the month. That's not who I want to be. So that yeah. question of who is it that you want to be, who I want to be is somebody who's balanced, who's responsible, who's responsive to herself. So I find asking those kinds of questions evens it out for me a, a lot quicker and more painlessly than saying things like, you will do this today, because I just go, nah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> no, thank you. I kept trying to shove my brain and my personality and my business model into like what we think a good business person is. And I was like, it doesn't fit. I've tried. <laughs> this yeah. must mean I'm a horrible business person. <laughs> um, which is not true because my clients would not hire me or take any of my advice. But I'm just like, but why is it not working this way? Why, why do I keep going into this, this cycle of burn bright and then burn out? Burn bright and then burn out, burn out and then burn bright. Like, why does this keep happening? And if it keeps happening, it's a thing and I need to plan for it. I need to say, you know what? My business runs this way. Mm -hmm. That doesn't mean all of a sudden I'm going to start charging people $30,000 because I can only work, what is it? Seven weeks out of the year. No, I have to figure out what can I do to maybe support that and still you know, be viable and make sense, right? Like charge my worth, yes, but like not, what is, I think Laura said, not your worth as a human being, right? I That's not, you know, those are not necessarily things I want to project on people, but how can I build a business so that cyclically I can go disappear? It's going to mm -hmm. happen. 
I need it for my mental health. It's happened far too many times, no matter which way I slice the launch pie, no matter how organized I get, there's just things in my life, at least definitely in this season, while I'm a mother to someone who's relatively young and has his own um, things going on. This is the big deal energy we're going to have to embrace. This is like how we're going to have to do it. I can't keep trying to shove like whatever I'm doing or whatever other people are doing into my business model so that I can be more businessy. Like this, <laughs> whatever that. that I'm going to be more businessy. And then we I'm going to be more businessy. Like, I'm going to be the person who wakes up at 4 a.m. and does the cold dip. I really thought I was going to do that the other day. And like, I did it for about three days. <laughs> they do at a cold dip and it was just right before it got super cold over here. And I was like, eh, I guess this is a sign. No, but like, why 9 a.m.? I have to start my day at 9 a.m. I can't come in from the rip, from the ocean at 9 a.m. And then I try to do a cold shower and I was like, this is fucking horrible. <laughs> I was like, no, no, I don't feel good. I don't need to add that. Yes. I don't need to keep trying. It does. I don't like it. And just learning more about myself and learning that it's okay. I can't fit into those boxes because a lot of things I learned about my mental capacity and all this fun stuff. I had just been coping with it so differently. Like who I was in my twenties and my teens, I can't cope with it the same way in my thirties and definitely not as a business owner. So it's like, wow, we got to get really serious about this. And this is really real. And we have to plan our lives around us, not and I know that's hard because life just does whatever it wants, but how can we plan to react when those things happen? And and what what can what can we can make what can we control a little bit so that we don't get to those points? Because um, some of it, at least in my case, a lot of my burnout and stuff had lots to do with who I thought I needed to be as a woman, as a mother. Um, as a business person, as a, like, I should be able to do these things, but not all by myself, which I didn't get the memo. Um, not all by myself and not doing it in ways that don't feel good and are not going to lead to more peace, I think was what I was missing. I wasn't ever feeling peaceful. I was always feeling anxious, but it was like the next thing. Um, I really want, I think now that's going to be my theme for 2023. Like what's happening like right now? And what can we focus on now? I'm such a future-oriented person. And I think that's helped me a lot of ways. It's helped me not think about like the crappy things that have happened or what could happen or because this crappy thing happens, more crappy things are going to happen. No, I'm usually pretty optimistic. Like, ooh, that happened. So this can happen. I've always been like that. Um, but I think now I need to like get really steeped into the now. And I think that's also a big deal energy. Like, not future feelings, like what is now? What are the facts? <laughs> because that. feelings will have us do so many things, especially future feelings that haven't even happened yet. Oh, future feelings. Just, I don't know about you, but my future feelings are just anxiety, right? Because that's how the mind works. You know, the, the mind takes things that have happened in the past and the mind has a negative bias. So it doesn't remember any of the good stuff that happened in, in the past. Its job is to protect you from an imagined future but the mind can only imagine a future that's dangerous and awful in order to keep you small. You know, it's, yeah. it's leftover from evolution. It's That's why whenever we think about the future, we go into instant anxiety is because we're like something big is coming for me and I don't know how to face it. And yet when we're able to stand in our big deal energy right here, right now, whatever's happening in the room, we can always handle it. Mm -hmm. always handle it and grow from there and grow from there with knowledge and experience and certainty instead of either because I find either we project into the future and go that's a horrible future I'm going to stay small or we can find ourselves creating um, a buffer against that of getting what I call Disney princess brain yeah 100% and I think that's that I had to be like oh yeah life can be it's okay to say life is shitty. I was so, I'm sorry. I don't even know if I should curse. Sorry, everybody. Okay, we're up. You're all right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, whoops, I didn't even ask. Um, it's okay to be like, no, this is, this is a shitty moment <laughs> right now. This is not good. And I don't think I ever did that. I think growing up, there was a lot of like complaining. And I think I that was like really annoying. I think even really early on, I understood accountability and I'm like, 
or responsibility. And I was just like, yeah, this is a lot of your fault. <laughs> like, as a kid, you can't say, like, this is uh, a lot of you here uh, in this decision-making process that's uh, happening. And I'm sorry you're miserable, but, you know, we can fix it. I think I'm just a natural problem solver. And so to me, it's, I'm just like, oh, another problem to solve? But I'm sure a lot of that, A, that's my brain, but also a lot of the trauma, right? That's uh, that, that's my that's my identity. I'm the problem solver. I can I, I can get us out of this problem. Mm-hmm. Fix this, I come up with an idea, or I could just be a really good trooper. <laughs> like, I could just be the best trooper right now because you clearly have uh, the only one to make this decision. So that, that served me really well. And I think um, going forward, however, we're gonna have to really get into the now. I'm like, okay, this sucks. We don't have to make it positive. We don't have to make it great. Why does it suck? Can we maybe prevent the sucking from happening? If the suck is going to keep sucking, <laughs> again, right? Then um, what tools and mechanisms or whatever can we do to maybe mitigate some of the suck? Um, because we are going to have to like move through some of those things, whether personal and business to get to the other side. And I think that's where the future gets scary that I'm like, okay, I'll be the big deal. But do you see what happens to the big deal people? <laughs> they get sued and they get, <laughs> they get, you know, people blame them when things go wrong and um, all that other stuff. Yeah, and there's your mind projecting an awful future. I'm going to protect yeah. you from this, Christina. Just watch more TV. Love, are you getting a sense yet of what your big deal energy is, who you are, what your standards are, who and how you came here to be? We're going to rejoin the conversation right when Christina and I are talking about why listening to other people about who you are supposed to be is just not big deal energy. I think that's even really tricky. Like people saying like, oh, you should plan your life and your days like this. It's so individual and it's so within you. And that's why you have to think of a big deal energy. Because if not, you're buying everyone's 50, everyone's course, everyone's productivity course, everyone's, that stuff works for that type of person. Mm. For that very, and like very, and very few people are like that person teaching you to be that way. Yeah. Then what? Spend thousands of dollars to try to be someone else. When it's just like, actually, I'm the I'm the teacher and I'm the student. I have to figure me out. I have to figure out my big deal energy. I have to figure out my business. I have to figure out my audience. I have to figure out, like, these are things we can't look to other people for, unfortunately. They can help you. I think they can help you see some stuff. I think they can help you do some stuff because you only have so many arms. But I don't think they can, they can't teach you to do what you already know you need to be doing oh this is you just basically just talked about coaching in a nutshell <laughs> and never get coached no no no, 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 no. <laughs> like you know I think so often and of course because of the way we were schooled right we're always told like you know there's a teacher out there who can teach you the nuts and bottle can teach you how to be you know wear this uniform say these words tick these boxes on this exam now you're a human go out in the world and because that happened to us at such a young age it's really hard to shrug it off but to hear you talk just now I'm just like that's exactly it if we don't rely on ourselves and keep coming home to me me as an individual my own flavor my own mind the way my own brain works my own cycles through the month the year my life how am I going to make this work for me? We do end up endlessly buying courses, endlessly looking like somebody just be my headmaster and tell me what to do. And it's like that it it's never going to work because what what's working for them is not going to work for you. It all has to be. And this is why I love coaching people. I will never tell you what to do. My job is not a coaching my job is to help you listen to yourself yourself who has been speaking for the last however long you've been alive telling you what to do but you've been ignoring her because you weren't trained to listen to her right big deal energy is listening to yourself I want you to talk as well about I know part of your work is you help women find their voice Mm. What do you do when someone comes to you and they don't know what their voice is? 
they've been so trained, they've been so focused on being this person, being that person, emulating this person and that. I like, what is my voice, Christina? How do we find it? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, so like, I guess on individually, individually, I'll talk individually and then like copy-wise, because copy is a little complicated. It's two people's voices kind of that you're melding together. You're melding your voice and the audience voice and like coming up with the right messaging. But like to figure out like what, what's my tone or what's my, all these weird things that people want, um, you know, that they think they need for a brand. Hey, I will tell you this, your voice is going to change a lot. Uh, because, you know, your your voice is really, it, it's, I don't know, baked by your experiences. So the more experiences you have, the voice your voice may change um, a little bit. Not a lot, right? You'll still, I think the best way to find your voice is, A, not alone. You need to do it through conversation. You need to have conversations with people. You need to get into debate with people. You need to talk to people you don't necessarily agree with. You can't only talk to people who think like you all the time. And I know that's a very hard truth in today's, um, and, and trying to include everyone, we're kind of also excluding everyone at the same time, because we're just like, I don't even want to hear where that thought is coming from. For me, I, I have to, and I think that's the inquisitive part of me. I just want to, I just need to know, I have to know how you're thinking and what you're thinking. And I don't care if it's wrong. I just, I want to know, I'm just curious. I just, and then that's not going to make you think, unless you're, obviously there are people who are just cruel and evil and horrible people that they exist. Yeah. They do. But I'm also very curious on why. Mm-hmm. So how curious. Did you get why. What, yeah. How did you get there? Because who you're still like, you? <laughs> right. Who, who did this? Um, and how's it going? How's it working for you? Uh, <laughs> is it still working? So I think that's the point is like a having a conversation, something I tell everyone who is like, I'm not sure what my voice is. I'm not sure. Um, I'm like, just record yourself, record yourself talking. It's really hard talking to people. I want you to record yourself on sales calls. I want you to record yourself on even like coffee chats. And you can even tell the person like, hey, I'm just trying to figure me out. Like I'm trying to figure out my sauce. I'm trying to figure out this thing if you feel like it's awkward. Um, so I may record this. I'm not gonna do anything with this. Like, and, and I'm stuck at remembering our ideas and our chats and like what we need to do next. So I'm gonna record this. Just talk more. I promise you will find your voice. Your voice is already there. You just need to talk more. Um, and you need to talk, maybe talk to, you need to talk to other people. Talking to yourself, it's very hard to find your voice. Uh, <laughs> that's I think I've done it. <laughs> right. that's, of course you love what you're saying. Or of course you don't love what you're saying. I don't know. Maybe you don't love what you're saying. But just talk. Use it. I love that. And I love that it all comes back to figuring out who the hell you are. Because that's the core of Big Deal Energy, right? I mean, that's what I responded to that first time I met you was, I didn't know to call it big deal energy, but I'm like, this woman knows who she is. This is a woman who knows who she is. And she's walked into this room as her. And she stood out because of that. It was magic, magic, very attractive. Um, Christina, tell us something that you have done for love or used to do for love that you're not going to do anymore. People pleasing. And by that, like trying to be all the things to that to that person right mm-hmm. like trying to be everything I'm their friend I'm their mother I'm their, I'm their girlfriend I'm their assistant I'm their like the, the, all the things I need to be all the things I need to people please it's always like um you know there was a time where even if it was no it's still for the right person it could always be yes mm-hmm. like it's very easy to say no to people who are acquaintances or like whatever um I just want people to be really happy and comfortable and thriving and sometimes that means all right well I'm gonna do it and make you happy comfortable and thriving <laughs> and that's never really worked um and it and it's led to a lot of I call I think people pleasing is manipulation I'm trying to fake <laughs> honestly I am being this all-encompassing person 
for you. Like, I'm just trying to make you super happy. When really, frankly, I probably don't really care that you're <laughs> happy so much as that like life is peaceful and that I'm not bothered or like, you know, like if I really looked at it, what I'm trying to do is make sure my life is as peaceful as possible um, and that you don't think I'm an idiot or that, you you know, like it's, it's just, it's a, it's a manipulating or that I completely have everything under control. Um, yeah. That was like a huge story for me that like, like I'm someone who has everything taken care of. I don't need anyone to help me. Um, even when things are hitting the fan, don't worry about it. I'm going to solve it. Like I have to, has to just like be all the things to that person because if I let them do it then I won't I don't know I don't know I just need to be in control and I need some people please and I need my peace and the only way I can think of doing that is letting people think that I can do all the things and be all the things for them yes I am so guilty of the people pleasing behavior of doing it all by myself which yeah, which you're right, is manipulative because you know what? If I'm doing it all by myself and shouldering it all, I get to control the outcome. And bonus, I don't have to let you in to see how right. crappy and out of control I really am. <laughs> you know, right. I get to manipulate my image here. You know, you're going to think I'm right. Superwoman and then I'm untouchable. Yeah, I, I, I cringe a little bit whenever my friends call me Superwoman. Um, or super mom. I'm like, I'm not struggling. Mm. <laughs> I am literally like I told my son, like, I was like, this is my first time parenting. I've never parented before. Mm. So I'm gonna need you to like give me a little, little grace. He was shocked and all the little bit like, what? Like, are you you're the only kid here, right? <laughs> He's like, what, you're, you're an amateur? <laughs> Who would let me go home with you? Um, get me to my grandmother's now. So why, why would you do that? So yeah, I had to be like really frank. And I'm just like, oh, whenever I hear Wonder Woman or Superwoman, some of it is does feel really good. But also what I hear is that you, like, I'll never help you. Mm. And I'm like, oh. Well, I'm glad no one will ever even ask to think that. Like, no one's going to say, hey, Superman, you need some help with that. Yeah. <laughs> never, never going to say that. And it's like, oh, damn, I actually really would love for you. But I've already built up this world and image that I got it. And I do got it, but I don't. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> I <got> it. <laughs> I'd really love if you could take a shift. That'd be great. Yeah. That is some awesome big deal energy to stand in right there that I do have it but I also don't so yes. a little help now and then please yes please yeah oh wow Christina this conversation has been so much more windy and fulfilling and deep than I ever imagined it and I imagined it a lot I'm a visualizer so I've been fantasizing about you all day and you blew it out of the water yes. it's just been so fun and interesting and thank you for being so vulnerable and for sharing a completely different take I have to say oh I thought big deal energy was going to be about you know claiming your space and being big and being huge and I'm like ah, oh, it's way more feminine and subtle and sovereign than I imagined and I'm super excited to share that with the world yeah I love that great that's not a picture I usually paint from myself I think I try or maybe I think I paint because I play such a big role in everything I do a very masculine energy but I'm very feminine look sometimes sometimes I got it and so I really wanted people to like no you already have big deal energy we just gotta like push it out there yeah yeah that's a yeah. great message to end on yeah because I don't want anyone listening to this thinking like I don't have it everybody has it because it's everyone you it. yeah everyone has it yeah. oh thank you so much for being on shit we do for love it's been incredible to have you here thank you thank you so much for having me it was so great seeing you Yay. I loved the chat with Christina, I really did. And I wasn't expecting her to get so vulnerable and so open about what she's been go going through. But I'm so grateful to her that she did because 
I honestly believe, loves, that this is how we're going to heal together as women is to be honest about when times are hard for us and how we dig ourselves out of that or how we lean on each other to get out of that and just do away with these ideas that there are some people out there that find life just absolutely easy breezy cover girl and never hit rough patches and just have everything come to them so easily. That's the ideal that we're held up against all of the time. And it makes us feel incredibly alone when we do things like burnout when we're running a business or struggle to balance a business with raising a child at the same time. These things are difficult. Life can be difficult and it's okay for it to be difficult. And it's okay for us to need support and help, but it's also okay for us to not think of ourselves as small and less than just because we've hit a rough patch or maybe uh, we're not outputting as much as we want to, maybe we're not reaching external markers that we've created for ourselves and instead reach inwards and say, you know what, I'm still going to be a big deal. I'm still going to just let myself be a big deal and the en energy of that will be that the standards that I hold up for myself, even when they're standards of self-care, oh. Please go and nerd out all over Christina. She, you will find her at runtellthat.co. That's sorry, runandtellthat.co. I'll put a link in the show notes, but it's runandtellthat.co. And if you are in any way connected with business, trying to sell something, trying to launch your life online in some kind of way, she has got so many freebies and advice for you. She's just a wonderful human being. And I'm very grateful to her for being here today. I'm really grateful to you for being here today as well. As usual, if you like this podcast at all, please smash that like button or what am I? Smash that like button. I just turned into some kind of bro YouTuber. Please just like it follow it the things that you can do to show support on whatever app you're listening um but most of all share it with a sister that would mean so much to me thank you so much and hey i bloody love you